Hello and welcome back to the Science Behind That podcast. I am your host, Atticus Hamilton. And for all of you new listeners out there, the Science Behind That is a show where we take a deep dive into the obscure science of everyday life, into the science of everything from physics to engineering, and biology to zoology, and psychology to anatomy, we take a deep dive. So without further ado, welcome to today's episode of the Science Behind That podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back. So on today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at spice. We're going to be talking about, um, first off, what is it in food that actually makes you know, feel, it tastes spicy. And then uh, extrapolating off of that, we're going to be talking about why it is that humans may eat spicy food. Because, spoiler alert, the act of eating spicy food is against our evolutionary instincts. So we'll be taking a look at that today. Uh, So feel free to join us this morning for today's episode of The Science Behind That. Make sure to grab yourself a good old cup of coffee, add some maple syrup to it, and uh, sit down and relax on this beautiful Friday morning. So, first off, as all of us who have ever eaten spicy food will definitely know, (laughs) um, eating spicy food is not dangerous to our cells, but it feels really hot. Uh, And the reason why when you eat I don't know, habanero pepper, or when you put some cayenne pepper powder on your fish fillet for dinner, the reason why it feels spicy, the reason why your tongue feels like it's burning, is because of a very waxy sterile molecule called capsaicin. So capsaicin is a molecule that is produced by pepper plants. More specifically, it is produced by all plants in the capsaicin family, ironically, named after the chemical that they produce. (coughs) And um, so there's actually a lot of ambiguity out there in the botany world about why plants produce capsaicin or capsaicin. So, um, capsaicin, while it does uh, cause a spicy or burning sensation in the human body, and in the same way with all mammals, um, it doesn't affect birds or tortoises, and additionally, it has also been determined that capsaicin is a quite effective antifungal. So the current leading theory is that the capsaicin plants, pepper plants, evolved to produce capsaicin as a defense mechanism against the fungus that infects those plants. I personally like that idea, being a um, a microbiologist, I I personally quite enjoy that, that theory. So... I think over the course of this episode, that's the theory that I'll be working under. There are other theories for why um, plants, uh, or why capsaicin plants produce capsaicin. Um, one of the theories is that um, 
the reason for this is peppers are very enticing to birds and birds are much better dispersers of seeds than mammals so the plants want to create a compound that's toxic to mammals but not toxic to birds I personally think it's probably gonna be more of a combination of that and of the fact that it's an antifungal uh, but I think the fact that it's an antifungal is probably more likely to be the cause of of um, why uh, these these uh, plants produce capsaicin. So now that we know what is in peppers that makes it spicy and what capsaicin is, <clears throat> let us talk about why humans could eat peppers. So. First off, the very act of humans eating peppers is to an extent against our evolutionary drives to avoid harm. Um, and, that's, and that's a very important uh, distinction to make because evolutionarily speaking, we know not to touch a hot pan because it'll burn us, right? So, we, so once we first experience that, we know not to touch it because it'll hurt. We know if we're being chased by a lion to run uh, in the opposite direction or to fight the lion, right? And we should, theoretically, um, know that a pepper hurts when we eat it, so we shouldn't eat it, but yet we still do. And I didn't realize how big of a conflicting... I guess issue this is within the anthropology and botany worlds. It was actually pretty surprising uh, So there are five different theories. We're only going to talk about four because I, f I think the fifth one is kind of stupid uh, The fifth one basically says that humans love to experience pain, which I think is stupid So we're only going to talk about four of those theories and then at the end of that I'm going to share my thoughts and then, as always, if, if you would like to share your thoughts, you can always send me an email. So let's get started. So the first theory is that somewhere along human lineage, which is around 300,000 years old. Well, um, so first, before we get into this, it is important to, to state this. All pepper plants today, all of them can be traced back lineage-wise to Central America because that is where peppers first came from. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, let's, let's get started. So, the first theory is that somewhere along human lineage, our ancestors discovered that um, peppers had uh, antifungal properties. And of course, we know that those antifungal properties are because of the capsaicin, but the theory goes that once our ancestors discovered that, they started consuming peppers to rid off fungal infections, okay? Now, there's a couple problems with this theory, and because I'm a microbiologist and a prospective young doctor, <laughs> we're going to address the scientific issues with this theory. So, one of the main issues with this theory is that 90%, well, maybe not 90%, a vast majority of fungal infections are going to be superficial. And that means that they're on the surface of the body, okay? 
So, just like with any skin infection, you really wouldn't ever take an oral antibiotic or an oral antifungal, right? You would use a topical agent, which is an agent that you spread over the area of infection on the epidermis, which is the outermost layer of the skin. So, there are several different types of fungal infections. There is um, uh, superficial fungal infections, which include uh, cutaneous infections, uh, subcutaneous infections, and then there's disseminated uh, mycoses or fungal infections, which occur throughout the body, and then there's systemic mycoses uh, or visceral mycoses, which occurs throughout the deep tissues of the body. Those, that's the worst. <clears throat> but for a large majority of fungal infections, they're on the skin, okay? And during an age of... Um, pre-industrialized, pre-colonialized human development um, in the 1500s before Columbus ever got to uh, South America, or even before then, um, not Columbus, what am I talking about? Cortez. Um, the, there'd really be two types of fungal infections that you would experience. There would be the um, superficial ones, and then there would be respiratory fungal infections like valley fever in the U.S. Um, and so, I don't really like that theory because you would use the peppers as a topical medicine, okay? that wouldn't necessarily translate to, hey, I'm going to eat this. You see what I mean? So our ancestors, yes, they may have discovered that peppers were an antifungal, but considering that most of their fungal infections would be superficial, eating it wouldn't do anything. It would be spreading it over the wound that would do something. So I'm not quite sure how then that would translate to culinary consumption of the peppers. The second theory was that our ancestors realized that consuming peppers stimulated the parasympathetic response, the, which it's a very long story what that is. Long story short, the parasympathetic response in our uh, nervous system induces sweating, sweating, alertness, arousal. And so this theory basically continues to say that they discovered that since peppers are from hot climates, Central America, they discovered that if you ate peppers, you sweat and cooled off. And so they started eating peppers. I kind of don't like this theory either. Um, yeah, I, I don't really like this theory either because it's, it's kind of silly because I've eaten really hot peppers. I've never you know, broken out into profuse sweating before. And if you're in Central America, there's plenty of, o there's an ocean on both sides of you, and then there's plenty of rivers and lakes that you can cool off in. So I'm not really sure how this um, is a reason for why the human species avoids our evolutionary responses and eats peppers. The third one is that because capsaicin is a proto-alkaloid, which is just a special type of molecule, um, and proto-alkaloids stimulate salivary glands, um, it when you eat hot peppers, then you theoretically 
have the potential to increase the maximum yield of nutrients that you can derive from food. So because of this, people ate um, peppers. I don't disagree with this theory. Um, I just, I'd like more um, research into this theory, but it's not my top theory. So, you know, make of this what, what you will, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, the... F uh, the last one is the fact that capsaicin stimulates opioid production. So, the reason capsaicin stimulates opioid production is because when we consume capsaicin or red peppers, or, well not red peppers, uh, or any spicy peppers, our body is tricked into thinking that our tissues are actually on fire, and so the, one of the, the when when humans are in stress or in pain, we secrete uh, our own uh, neurologically derived opioids, uh, and those opioids will ease that pain, right? But as I've said before, I've eaten very 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 hot peppers before, and I can't say that I've personally ever felt like you know a feeling of relief. <sighs> you know, of like a rush of opioids to my brain. I, I can't say that I've ever felt that. So, if I'm condensing this down into what I, into my own personal theory based on these, I, w I think it goes something like this. I think our ancestors, um, or well, I guess maybe not everyone's ancestors, but I think, um, our, our ancestors, once upon a time, when they discovered pepper plants, they discovered that the, um, that they are at least a little bit effective against topical-based fungal infections, infections like ringworm, uh, and, and there are actually ringworm treatments on, uh, on the market today, if I remember correctly, that use capsaicin, but, uh, I think that our ancestors discovered that they were effective against topical infections and someone somewhere thought, hey, what happens if I eat it? They ate it, they felt the spice, but then they didn't die, and then I think that it became an interesting thing to add spice-wise to culinary dishes, and then after that, through uh, learning, through our mirror neurons of watching people do this, through learned behavior, we watch our elders do this and then so we do it later in life, it kind of became adopted in certain cultures and then by the time Cortez came to South America, it kind of spread back through Europe. And so I think that is probably it. I think it probably started as a topical medicine. Somebody got curious of what it tasted like and or somebody wondered if it would help for a more deep tissue fungal infection and then they discovered the taste of it and then it just spread throughout uh, human our human species uh, just through learned behavior. So that's my personal theory. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. We are out of time for today. I hope you guys have a lovely Friday morning. I hope you guys have a lovely cup of coffee or had a cup of coffee while listening to this episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, remember, if you ever have questions or comments or concerns or suggestions for future episodes for the show, please send me an email at thescienceBT at gmail.com. 
And until next time, remember everyone, stand up and question everything.